Thank you, Jesus. Well, good evening, everybody. It is so good to be here, so good to be with you also that are uh, watching through our live stream. You know, I said this on Sunday morning, and I'll say it here. You know, this is uh, by far the best place to be. It is to be at Faith World, to hear the, the voice of faith. You know, what's amazing about us is that, you know, we're not just an echo of faith. We're not a whisper of faith. We are the voice of faith. And we have what we say. And the word of God is still alive. The word of God is still effective today as it has always been since the beginning. And we can use the word of God in our daily life, in our situations. And it has to turn because the word of God is quick. Amen. Amen. And so we're so excited. Pastors uh, actually invited me to speak tonight. But mainly to focus, I, I have a mandate I want to share with you tonight. Uh, pastors wanted to, uh, for me to just share with you about evangelism. And this is going to be somewhat of what, like an evangelism, evangelistic workshop. But it's actually a service because the Lord has really been impressed in my heart for a few months that for about people. And pastors see that in my heart. Pastors see it as well when it comes to reaching out to the lost. And we just want to keep adding more wood to the fire of reaching the lost. And those of you watching. So if you're watching, you know, don't, don't turn me off because now we're talking about souls. We are a soul-winning church. And I really encourage you to be very attentive to what I have to say. It has nothing to do with Martin Hernandez. I say this all the time. It has to do about Jesus. And that's the thing that all of us here in this room, including myself, we have a job to do. And that is to reach the lost. And that is to preach the gospel. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures that we are all capable of doing this. Every single one of us here, including myself, we are soul winners. And it's important that we do this because Jesus is coming soon. And he's not coming for a defeated, weak, insignificant church like the world has thought that we are. He's coming for a victorious, strong, bold church. And as a church, we need to know what we have as arsenal. And one of the arsenals that we have as, a body, as the body of Christ is that we have a voice to preach the gospel to the four corners of the earth. And I don't care if you are just born again just today. You are qualified to preach this gospel. Every person is qualified to preach this gospel. If you have Jesus in your heart, you are a recipient for this end time harvest. And so let's just dig in and let's just go with the flow of the Holy Ghost. And um, well, of course, you know, we'll take our offering after and we'll go over our announcements. But I'm so excited to share this. Father, we just thank you for this evening. Father, I just ask you to use my tongue and use my lips as a microphone from heaven, as the cry from heaven. It's about people. It's about reaching the lost, the hurt, the confused, the wicked, those that need you. And that there will be more than one in this room that when we leave this place, we come with a fresh fire from heaven to reach the lost and to reach the hurting. And we just thank you for it. Holy Ghost, have your way. Testify Jesus tonight. That's your job. 
testify Jesus, point to Jesus, confirm Jesus, show Jesus, reveal Jesus to your people. It's all about Jesus. And we just thank you for it and we praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Boy, I'm a crybaby tonight. My God. I'll tell you why. Because God's good. And he is, uh, he's doing good things to the church. He's doing good things to this world. You know, I'm going to say a very bold statement. And those of you watching, you know, pay close attention to what I'm going to say. You know, God's heart is not towards healing alone, though healing is important. God's heart is not towards prosperity alone, though prosperity is important. God's heart is not towards breakthroughs alone. Thank God we have breakthroughs. Those are important. God's not even, his heart's not even in church buildings. But thank God we have a building for the church to congregate. But God's heart is towards people. And the reason why God's heart is towards people is because people need healing. People need prosperity. People need breakthroughs. People need a church to be fed, to grow up and to mature, to know who they are in Christ, to know their identity in Christ. This is the heartbeat of the church. This is the heartbeat of our Father. And when you realize the heart that, that he has and you see where his heart's at and you start to do the work that God's called you to do, the greater works like he, that Jesus promised over there in John chapter, uh, John chapter 13, that the works that I do you can do also, and greater works will you do because I go to the Father over there in John 14, sorry. You know, those, those things, when you start to do those things, what's amazing is that you start to feel, I said this in the last evangelism workshop, you start to feel the heartbeat of God. And it becomes evident. It's, it's kind of like the moment you see people now, you don't see people in a rude way. You don't see people, you know, at the gas stations or you don't see people the way they treat you anymore. Like they could curse at you. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? The, the good, bad, and ugly. You look at them now and it's like every time you look at people, it's like, it's like this. You start to feel the heartbeat of God. And then God's heart is towards them. I don't care if they've done you wrong. I don't care if they said wrong to you. He loves those people. And the reason why they hurt other people is because they're hurt themselves. And they're trying to find love in all the wrong places. They try to find love through drugs. They try to find love through relationships. They try to find love through, through, through social media and through acceptance and through uh, trying to build their self-esteem. But the only one that can fulfill that is Jesus. The only one that can fill that, fulfill that is the gospel. And, I, and one of the biggest things I pray tonight is that all of us here, including myself, we see the gospel of Jesus like, like we found a great amount of treasure because it is, it is the very answer to this lost and dying world. The thing that, everything that you're seeing around the world right now, if the gospel was preached, we would not actually be here anymore. Because Jesus said that once the gospel is preached to all over the world, then the end will come. Well, we're still here. And yes, Jesus is coming soon, but he's not coming until we, you, me, we all have a part right now to preach this gospel, to be a part when it comes to souls, because souls are valuable to Jesus. Souls are valuable to the Father. Why? Because Jesus paid the ultimate price. In fact, the Father paid the ultimate price by giving his very best 
And he's not going to come right now. I know a lot of Christians today say, well, I want Jesus to come right now. I kind of don't want him to come right now because there's a lot of people in this world that don't know Jesus yet. And I want to make sure every person gets to hear him. Every person has the opportunity to receive him because you got the opportunity to receive him. You see where my heart's at. I understand, thank God he's coming soon. Thank God he's coming and we're excited that he's coming. But I really sense it's like, it's like he's coming, but not until we put our hands to the plow. Not until we start stepping out and doing the work that God's called us to do. Not until we get out of the boat of this sense of complacency. Because I've been there, and I'm sure y'all been there too, where we feel like, you know, I'm not inadequate enough. You know, I'm not capable enough. I'm not, I'm not bold enough. I'm not, you know, I'm really shy. I'm really timid. But, you know, you can't believe in that. You know, you know, uh, um, you know, being timid, is an, it, 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 it's poison. It can choke your faith. Being, um, having that sense of fear of stepping out, that's not of God. It is not the will of God for any one of us to be afraid when we confront someone and share the gospel to people. You are just as qualified as Jesus himself. In fact, God believes in you. He knows that you can do this. He's a faith God. If he didn't, if he didn't believe that you could do it, he would not tell you to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But because Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, we know for sure that God, who's a faith God, believes that you can do this. I said, you can do this. You can preach this gospel. And, you know, it all derives from John chapter 4. You could turn your Bibles there. John chapter 4, verse 34. I get, do we have that scripture on the, the, the TPT? Okay, John chapter 4, verse 34. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Jesus said this. He said, to clarify, Jesus spoke up and said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to bring it to completion. Say completion. To bring it to completion. As the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus said to his disciples, Why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now, say now, now is harvest time. Now is harvest time. Their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a harvest. Everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. Both those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the spiritual harvest will celebrate together with great joy. And this confirms the saying, one sows the seed and another reaps the harvest. I sent you out to harvest a field. So that a harvest a field that you haven't planted where many others have labored long and hard before you. And now you are privileged to profit from their labors and reap the harvest. See, what ought to keep us going as a church, what ought to keep us going as a Christian individually, is not another trend, is not another culture change, is not even being under the spotlight. The mandate for each and every one of us is people. And the mandate is to complete what Jesus is expecting all of us here to complete, and that is to reach the lost. In fact, I wrote this down while I was up getting ready for this. Jesus said that it's finished for salvation so that we can say that it's finished preaching the gospel to every sinner. 
You know, when Jesus was on that cross, he cried out aloud. He said, it is finished. What was finished? Salvation. It's complete. The blood finalized it. He sealed it. It's complete. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. But do you know there's still another work that must be completed? And that work is bringing in the harvest. And the ones that are called to do that is you. It's me. It's you that's watching right now. It's all of us in this room. We are the harvesters. And see, you got to see yourself as a harvester because there, we're in a time right now where there's, <laughs> there's a perfect storm happening right now. There's a lot of people that are confused right now. There's a lot of fear going on right now. There's a lot of worry going on right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, of identity crisis going on right now. There's a lot of people that don't even know what tomorrow's going to hold. They're afraid of what tomorrow's going to hold. So really, though the devil is is all behind this, God's using all this to turn it around for the good because someone is going to make a way out of this this dark world and bring a beacon of light and tell people Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. There's no other man. No man can go to the Father but through Jesus. And Jesus is not just the way, but Jesus is the only way. Jesus is not just the healer. He's the only healer. Jesus is not the only provider. He's not just the provider. He's the only provider. And the world needs to hear that. And the only way the world's going to hear that is when Christians like you and I step out and actually tell the world the good news. Tell the world who Jesus is. Tell the world what Jesus has already provided, and that is salvation. You know, I love how Jesus said it, how he said in that same chapter, their hearts are like a vast field of ripened grain ready for a harvest. You know, you got to really see that that when you see people, you see a field. When I see people, I see a field. Just like when, when you know it's lemon season and there's a lot of lemons, you know, and you see a lot of lemons on that tree and they're just clustered out. Literally, the branches are actually hanging because the fruit is holding onto it. The, vet, the, the lemons are holding onto those, or, or the branches are holding onto those heavy lemons. Someone needs to pluck those because what happens to those lemons? They start to mold and then they go to the ground and then now the, now the bugs eat them. Well, you have to see people like kind of like that. You have to see people with the harvest so full. It's ready. It's ready to be picked at. You don't need to add more water to it. You don't have to dig a hole around it. You don't have to put miracle grow. It's ready, man. Like it is so ready. And God just needs hands and feet, hands and feet to go pick the lemon and give it to the Lord of harvest and say, there's one. Pick Give it, give it to the Lord of harvest, there's two. And, and let that flow out of you because this is the thing. God designed you. Before he designed you to be a father or a mother or a brother or a sister or a coworker or, you know, a teacher or whatever your profession is, before he called you any, before any of those professions, the first thing he designed you the moment you were born again is a soul winner. 
That's the very first thing that he designed you. The moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he called you as a soul winner. He called you as a harvester. So the thing is, you are entering into one's labor where you haven't labored. Isn't that, that's even better. You know, one thing is you go into the store and buying a lemon tree and then you got to drive it back home and you got to dig a hole and then you got to put the tree in and then you got to fill it up with dirt and then you got to water it and then you got to wait till the fruit comes out and then a couple of weeks or maybe a few, a few more weeks, something will bud out and then by the time you know in about another month or so, then a little lemon starts to grow out. And you know, that takes time. But you don't even do any of that. The Bible says you're going to enter into someone's labor you're going to enter into someone's work in other words it's already set out it's already set up for you to just open your mouth tell people about jesus and the fruit is ready what's the fruit the field is ready what's the field it's the heart the heart is ready right now it's ready it is so ready because like i said a lot of people right now they don't have anywhere to go anymore they went to medical science they went to government aid they went to their own doctors and gurus they went everywhere and they cannot find the answer that really is that needs to fill the void and the only one that can fill it is Jesus and you're the presenter you know we always use the phrase I'm serving I'm serving God right I'm serving God I'm serving God I'm serving God but you know when we say that we think like we're 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 in labor all right here I am you know you got like a you know you got a, a sledgehammer and you're like I'm you know here I am I'm just work I'm serving God but just think of it like a waiter going to a restaurant you are serving God you are presenting God you are a waiter. You are serving him. Serve Jesus to people. Serve him with your words. Serve him with your actions. Serve him with, with your life. Serve him. Show him to people. Because people need to see him in you. For people to receive him, they need to see him in you first. And that is why the fields of heart it, 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 the, the people are ready to receive this gospel, and we need we're, we need to see this that we are reapers. You know, Pastor Jeremy's been talking about you know how to be a good reaper. It's time to reap the harvest. Well, you know, we apply that with our finances. We apply that with our words, what we have sown with our words. But we need to apply that when it comes to people. It is time to reap in the harvest. People are lost. People are dying. People are confused. People's hearts are hurting. And everyone has heard this Jesus one time probably, but I promise you a lot, many of them have heard the real story about Jesus. But you have that story. And that is the thing. You have to see yourself as a harvester. Say this out loud with me. Say, I am a harvester. Say it again. Say, I am a harvester. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a harvester. See, you have to see yourself ready to harvest the crop field. You have to see yourself ready to harvest people. I think what, what really hinders us as believers is fear. The fear of being rejected. The fear of being turned down. The fear of what I need, of, of, of how I'm going to say what I need to say. But I'm here to tell you, you're not alone in this. 
No one's alone in this. You have company on the inside of you. You have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And that's why we have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is more than just a run and a jump and a shout and a, and, and, and a jiggle. The Holy Ghost is our standby. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. The Holy Ghost is our, is our helper. How many of you need help to preach the gospel? I, I'll be the first one. I need help to preach the gospel. I do. Well, I have a helper. And the helper, his job is to point the world to Jesus. That's what Jesus said. He shall testify of me. Not of himself, but of me. So that Jesus' job is to testify the Father. So that the Father can get all the glory that he deserves because this was his plan to begin with. He created us in Genesis chapter 1. All the way down to giving his son and to his soon return. You know he's going to wait until every person hears this gospel. And what a privilege. That's what Jesus says over there, what we just read in John chapter 4, the last part. And now you are privileged to profit from their labors and reap the harvest. What a privilege we have to, at this moment, go out for the harvest, reap the harvest, take in the harvest. Elijah couldn't do this. Abraham couldn't do this. David couldn't do this. All the great prophets and kings of old couldn't do this. John the Baptist couldn't do this. Paul can't even do this right now. In 2021, you are called for such a time as this. There's no one else that can do what you can do right now. T.L. Osborne can't do this right now. Billy Graham can't do this right now. A.A. Allen cannot do this right now. Why? They're no longer here. But you're here. And you were, you were born for this. You were wired for this. You were called for this. What's my calling? Right here, right now, going out to the harvest. Because it's white. It's ripe. It's ready for you to take hold and to bring it to the master of the field. Amen. That is our job. That is my job. That is your job. And we cannot lightly esteem this. We can't. Because this is the mandate of the church. Say this. Say it again. I am a harvester. I am called to harvest the souls, the hearts of many. See, we're all called to reach the lost, every single one of us. And so you are here to effectively walk as a soul winner for Jesus. So how many soul winners do we have here right now? How many soul winners? Every hand should be raised because I know all of us here are born again. All of us, we're all soul winners. Well, I don't see myself as a soul winner. Well, take the glasses off of yourself, take your old glasses and put on his glasses and see yourself because that's how he sees you. He sees you as a soul winner. He sees you reaching not just one. He sees you reaching hundreds and thousands of people every day. Make a challenge to yourself that if I am a soul winner and I live by faith, because the just shall live by faith, by faith I will step out. By faith I will, I will reach one person this week. And you'd be surprised what will happen. God will not just limit you with just one person a week. He'll give you more than one person a week. 
That's just how he is. Why? Because the Lord of harvests, his heart is crying for souls. His heartbeat is my people. I need my people back from this, from this wretched world. I need my people back from the bondage of, that, of sin that's been holding them. I, I paid the price to give my son and his blood, and that blood is available for them, but I need people like, I need people like Marquise. I need people like Brother Mark. I need people like Manny. I need people like Carol to go out and be the salt of the earth. I need people who are willing to do it. And this is what God is telling you tonight. Will you do it? Can you do it? Please do it. I implore you to do it because I have called you to do it. All of us are called to be soul winners. All of us are called to reach the lost. And we all have various positions Many of us are very confident of our positions. Some of us are good in the office. Some of us are good out doing construction work. Some of us are good at washing cars. Some of us are good at reaching kids. Some of us are good typing and working in an office or, or, or working in a doctor's office. Some of us are really good on, the, on media or on cameras or sound systems. Some of us are really good singing and playing musical instruments. But I'm here to tell you that yet we all of us, yet we all have different assignments. We all have different things we're confident about. We cannot lose sight of the number one thing that we all have in common, and that is to preach the gospel. And we should have a greater strive, a greater uh, uh, confidence just like you have confidence, for example, to play the piano, I could play a song, I could play a jingle with my eyes closed. We have to be just as confident like that with, when it comes to reaching the lost. Why? Because that is the primary mission that God has called us to do. That is the primary thing God has called us to reach out. That is the number one job description that all of us, including myself, were called to do. We are called to preach this gospel. It's, it's, it's easy. Religion has made it complicated. But if you could really see it that way where you just say, I, I, you know, I'm confident to be a mechanic. I know how to work machinery very well. I could do it with my eyes closed. I could do it with the back of my hand. You know, I, could, I know everything. Then apply that same energy in faith that you can preach this gospel. And there will be no one that can stop you because just like no one can stop you with you playing the piano or working on machinery, no one can stop you to preach the gospel, not even the devil. Timidity is out the window because if you're not timid to play a piano, then you ought not to be timid to preach the gospel because if you treat both the same, then you, you, you're really a rock star for Jesus. You really are. That's the, that's the secret. You have to see, you have to be confident in this. You have to know what is your position. So let's, let's go over that. My position. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. Say, I'm a soul winner. My position. What does that look like? What is my position in this world? What is my position? Sure, I'm a mechanic. Sure, I work in the office. Sure, I, I work at a school. Sure, I work in the office. You know, I work with money. Sure, I, 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 you know, whatever I do in my normal daily life, that's my profession. But what's my position? My position is simple. Your position is simple. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted 
to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, the Spirit of the Lord is the anointing of God. The anointing of God is the presence of God. Jesus said this right before he was about to launch out in his ministry by him saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God's Spirit rests upon me. But what is the job of the anointing? What is the job of the presence of God? Like I said, the run of, you know, running and shouting and dancing, you know, you know those are just byproducts of the anointing. But, but, but what is the true significant purpose of speaking in other tongues? What's the true significant purpose of having the Holy Ghost come upon you? What is the true significant purpose? And the true significant uh, purpose is this, to preach the gospel to the poor. A poor person is someone that doesn't have anything. And we're not talking about money poor. We're talking about spiritually poor, someone that doesn't have salvation. You are anointed to preach the gospel to those poor people. And a poor person can be rich. A poor person can live in Rodeo Drive. A poor person can have six figures on a yearly salary. A poor person can be poor himself or herself too. A poor person is someone that does not have Jesus. And you are capable to reach this, this poor person because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal, to deliver, to recover, to liberate, and to usher in the favor of God. I'll say that again. The anointing of God is on you to preach, to send, to heal, to deliver, to recover, to liberate, and to usher in or to preach the acceptable year of the Lord or to bring in the favor of God. Let me ask you, those things I just told you, can you do that with your own strength? Can you preach in your own strength? Can you send with your own strength? Can you heal people with your own strength? Can you deliver people with your own strength? Can you recover with your own strength? Can you liberate people from bondage with your own strength? Can you bring God's favor in your own strength? And the answer to that is no. But the Spirit of the Lord that's upon you can, which is why you have to say this is your position. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Well, I don't, you know, I can't preach the gospel. You, you, you got to eliminate that verbiage, I'm anointed to preach this gospel. Well, I'm shy. I just, you know, I can't, you know, I, I like, I want to put my foot out, but then I don't, and then I don't. See, what you're doing is that you're trying to liberate people with your own strength, your own willpower. But if you put your faith on this, I'm anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You, you know, these scripts, this scripture, you could apply this to yourself. yourself. You know why? Because the same person that said this is living in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This same person is living and dwelling in you. So you are just as qualified to say this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Martin. Because he has anointed Martin to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To deliver the captives and recover the sight of the blind. Etc., etc., etc. See, see, you are anointed to do this. In fact, you're wired this way, and you got to be pro- you have to be confident of this product. 
I don't like to call Jesus as a product, but you have to be confident of this gospel. Kind of like when you're selling something. Are there any salesmen here? Any salesmen? If you ever sold something, you have to be confident that it works. You have to tell the clients or your customers, this works. Like this, this iPhone right here. This iPhone works. It works. Well, how do you know it works? I could show you the apps. I could show you where it's at. I could show you that, you know, you could, I, you know, you could iCloud things. You know, you could airdrop. You could do so many things with an iPhone. I, I know it works. And I could, I could persuade anybody to get an iPhone if they're one of those tech-savvy people. Well, just like that, you have to be confident that this gospel works. Because the world, and we're going to talk a little bit about the world right now, but the world knows the difference between fake and real. They do. Which is why we as Christians, we, we ought to be very confident that this works because Jesus was confident that this works. And he demonstrated what he was confident in. See, you have to demonstrate this with signs and wonders that follow, yes. But number one, you have to know this. I'm anointed to do this. In fact, we're going to run down these scriptures, Brother Tyler. So just catch up with me. You put on the screen, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says this. But you have an unction, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, I don't know what to tell the people. You know all things. Well, I don't know how to tell that teenager about Jesus. You know all things. Well, I don't know how to tell that, that incarcerated person in prison. You know all things. Over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. See, God anointed you to do this. God himself the creator of heaven and earth, anointed you. If God was behind this pulpit, he would look at you square in the eye and he says, and he'll say this to you, I've anointed you to preach this gospel. Yes, you can do it. And this is going to radicalize you because I know it radicalized me when this grabbed a hold of me. And God would say to you, and I believe in you, that you can do this. You know, we serve a faith God. And when God looks at you, and you could tell God, can I win souls? He'll look at you and he'll say, yes, you can. And I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe that you can do it. Because if I didn't, I would have not given you the commission to do it in the first place. But because I told you to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, I did that because I believe you can do it. And that's the thing all of us in this room, we have to grab a hold of that God believes in you. God trusts in you. God knows you can do this because he's in you to do it. He is the hands. He's, he needs hands. He needs feet. He's in you to bring in the end time harvest. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 6, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with him and you will be turned into another man. See, the spirit of the Lord that's upon you to preach the gospel to the poor, when you speak, it won't be you. You will be another man. You will be another person. Yes, it's Martin Hernandez preaching the gospel, but it's actually Jesus preaching the gospel because it's now another person. It's not Martin. I'm just the glove. He is the hand. You have to see yourself as the hose. Jesus is the living water coming out of the hose. All you have to do is 
open the dial and step out and be bold enough to know that God is with me. God is not forsaking me. God is right by me. He'll never leave me. He's right there. He's, he's my coach. He's my cheerleader. He's telling me, yes, you can do it. Yes, step out. Yes, say it. Yes, tell it. Yes, proclaim it. Yes, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll protect you. I'll help you. I'll guide you. I'll tell you what the next word ought to be. I'm with you. That's the God that we serve. That's the one that we serve. That's him. And he wants us to step out. He wants us to be bold. He wants us to not be timid and not be afraid and not be fearful. Like as if it's that what if someone turns me down? Well, what if they don't? And so that is why that this is, this is, this is, this is what I want to talk about for the next like five, ten minutes before we close. And that is there are some tools that I'm going to give to you tonight of how you can effectively reach people. Now, I'm not saying this is straight up from, you know, this is not, this, this is not like the only way. But I, but I really do believe that this will be an eye-opener for a lot of people, including myself, because every time I teach this, it's like we always dig into something else. But number one, you have to, you have to relate with people. You know, Jesus was relatable with every person in this world. In fact, the first verse, the first couple of verses that we read, the text that we read this morning or, or this evening uh, on John chapter 4, you know, the verses prior to that, he just ministered to a woman at the well. And even in that, Jesus was already witnessing to a woman. And you could really see it in when you read it. Go, you could read that tonight in your own time in John chapter 4. But what was Jesus doing at that well? Well, number one, he was tired. Number two, he was hungry. And number three, he was thirsty. And here comes a woman coming up in the middle of the day, who was doing what? Filling up her pots of what? Water. So Jesus tells her, give me something to drink. What was he doing? He was finding something to relate with. The relate, the, 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 the relate, the, the, the subject of relation right now at that moment was this, water. We need water. You need water. I need water. Let's talk about water. See, I think with a lot of Christians today is that we tend to want to get people saved, like, I need to get you saved, like, right now. But we never take the heart to actually hear what they have to say. Be attentive to what they say. Relate to what they're going through. Because, see, every person, including you and myself, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different backgrounds. We all, we all grew up differently. We were all raised differently. Some people have had wrong philosophies, wrong ideas, right philosophies, wrong, whatever the case may be. We all have a different story, and we need to hear out that story in order to effectively reach that person. Because if we don't, and all we see is, I got to get you saved, then we just lost sight of eternity, and that is about reaching people. It's about people. It's not about a number. It's about people. It's about people's hearts. Hearts are tender when people are coming to you and when you go to them. Their hearts are tender. And if you just go with just an intention of you're just a number to me, then Jesus is no different than this world system. Because the world system sees everyone as a number. But Jesus doesn't see people as a number. Jesus sees people right here, the harvest. And so, see, you have to know, you got to relate with, some, with people. You have to observe the situation, the person, the condition, the who, the what, the when, the where. Jesus was the most observant person. You know why I know that? Because every 
thing that he taught came with parables. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers. Look at the tree. Whoever, whosoever shall say to this mountain. See, he was so observant, and he used those things to relate with people so that people can catch a spirit of faith and receive from him. Jesus didn't just say, I'm the Messiah. Bow before me. Worship me. No, he started by teaching the people about things that they can relate. And all of us here in this room, you have people around you that you can reach out and you can relate with them. You can relate with them by the who, the what, the when, the where, and it's so easy to do it. You could go to the grocery store, for instance. You go to the grocery store, and as you're going to the grocery store, you lo, lo and behold, you see a person in the line. And the person in the line, let's just say, has a football jersey. Well, you love football. And you just came back from a Wednesday night service like this. And that person is actually wearing your favorite player. You got something to relate with. And you could open a conversation by saying, hey, I love that jersey that you're wearing. Wow, that's an amazing jersey. You know, did you watch last night's game? Did you, do, did you, you, know, did you see him play? Did you see that person play? Man, that was such a great game. It was a close one. It was a really close one. Yeah, you know, and then you build that conversation. And you'd be amazed what happens because the Holy Ghost will already start to download the information that you need to, to present this gospel at the, at the moment that you're talking about a football jersey or a baseball jersey. I'm telling you, it works. What about our grocery outreach, which is being just a power packed in our church? It's pretty simple. You see, you see kids. You see, their, you see their state. You see what they're wearing. You see everything from head to toe, and you can relate with these people, and then you could present the gospel with them. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. Are you thirsty? I'm thirsty. Can you give me something to drink? Well, I don't have nothing. To, do you have something to draw with? Well, I don't have nothing to draw with, but, you know, if you drink of the water that I give, then I will give you everlasting life. I'll give you living, I'll give you living water and water that will live you forever. And she's like, well, I want to get this water too. And then he starts to gradually pull her into this into this gospel where now he said, okay, now go get your husband. Well, I don't have a husband. Well, you're right. You have five husbands, and the one you're living with is not your husband. So, whoa, well, who are you? You know, are, are you better than us? You know, our prophet, you know, you know, our, you know, Jacob gave us this well, and who are you? Well, I, I know Jacob. Well, who are you? And all of a sudden, he starts to tell her more and more, and then lo and behold, she said, you know what? I know the, when the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things, and Jesus is like, I am. What was that? He was preaching the gospel. I am the Messiah. But did it start that way? No. How did it start? I'm thirsty. See, it's not hard. Religion has made it hard for people to reach the lost. It's about reaching people, but you got to see everything about them. When they come in to pick up a bag of groceries, why are they there? They're hungry physically. Oh, you're hungry? Here, let me give you some food. Here's some more food. And I always use this in, 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 when I, in, in the past, but it's just like, here's some more food. You know, you know, I, you know, I pray that's enough food for you. Well, yeah, it would be enough food. But you know what? Let me tell you, you know, the food you're going to eat right now, you're going to eat it today. It'll be gone tomorrow. But let me tell you about this food that I want to present to you. See, you're already leading them because it started with what you were relating with them, and that is food. Find something. Find something that's relatable. And then be comfortable with that. You don't need to try to make it all spiritual. It could just simply be tipping your barber $100. That's something that they can relate because they want money. They're there to work a job. Tip them. And then open the gospel. 
it's quite easy. But I think we kind of missed it because we just, we go to people and we automatically say, I got to get them saved. I got to get them saved. I got to get them saved. Well, how about just break the heart? Break the stony heart by sowing the seed of love into their heart. And when you do that, their heart gradually opens. And now they're wanting to hear from you. Why? Because it started in relating to their experience or what they're going through. I'm telling you, you could find people. And when you ask God for souls, he'll bring the people that actually can relate with you. You know why? Because God's not going to give you someone that he has not wired you to reach. You know, there's people you can reach that I can't. There's people I can reach that you can't. But together, we all have the same Holy Ghost. Together, we have all the same teacher. There's people I know who can reach incarcerate, the, the incarcerated ones from prison way better than I can. And I'm okay with that. I can reach teenagers. You may not because there's people they probably don't like to be around teenagers, but I love to be with teenagers. I love to reach teenagers. I love to hear their hearts, and I could relate with them. I could talk to them about what they're wearing. I could talk about their classes. I could talk about their teachers. I could talk about their exams, their essays, their projects, and all those things, and then we could relate, and then lo and behold, it's just really easy to just get them. And that's, how, how did it start? Just like Brother Marquise is so confident to play the piano, I am just as confident to preach the gospel. You ought to be just as confident to preach the gospel because guess why? You are anointed to preach the gospel. See, the thing that I pray for all of us here is that you finally get to meet the real you. The real soul winner. Because at first, I thought, I can't do this. I can't preach the gospel. I can't tell people about Jesus. But the moment I realized I'm anointed to do this, you're anointed to do this, it's like I finally got to meet Martin Hernandez for the first time. I'm like, wow, it's finally nice to meet you. And it's not even me. It's Christ in me leading me and guiding me to actually give the word and to preach this gospel. And that is why the next part, and then I'm closing, and we'll talk about this another time, is this, is that not only do you relate with people, but then when you start to relate with people, you start to search from within your heart. And then when you search from within your heart, I promise you this, the gifts of the Spirit start to flow. They start to flow. That is why we have the gifts of the Spirit. We don't have the gifts of the Spirit just in these four walls. The gifts of the Spirit is for out there so that people can hear a real God who really cares about them. Where you could, read, you could reach out Joe Schmo and you talk about football and then the, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost starts to tell you, tell Joe Schmo he has a problem with his left ankle. Hey, you have a problem with your left ankle? Who told you that? Well, you know, I'm a Christian. God loves me and God loves you. And God just told me that you have a problem with your left ankle. And if I pray for you right now, that, that pain that's on your left ankle can leave right now at this moment. What's happening? You're searching from within. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. Oh, give me some of this water. Go get your husband. Well, I don't have a husband. You're right. You've had five husbands. Who told him that, he had, that she had five husbands? The gifts of the Spirit start to flow. But where did it start? It just started with a simple conversation. Do you have any water? Well, 
you've had five husbands and the one that you're living with is not your husband. Well, who told you that? The Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost is not stupid. He knows what he's doing. He will download that information into your path to reach that person so that person can see the sign and then wonder, what meaneth this? You give out the sign and then they tilt their head like a dog and wonder, do I know you? No, we've never met. This is our first time in Chili's. But there's someone that does know you, and he has anointed me to tell you, not your laundry to condemn you, but to give you a sign that what I'm telling you, Buddha can do it, Muhammad can do it, Confucius can do this, sun and moon can do this, but Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings can do this. He knows everything about you. She'll probably or he'll probably be the same person like the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? That's enough for me to tell that this is from God. This is not witch, this is not witchcraft. This is not sorcery. This is comforting. This was comforting for her because he gave her the greatest gift, and that was the well of salvation. Because at the end, when she found out that he was the Messiah, what did she do? She left her water pot. The very thing she was there to begin with, she didn't need it anymore because she found the living water. She found Jesus. And that's the thing. As we as Christians, we're, we as harvesters, we go and present Jesus, but yet we can be real. That's the thing. You can't be fake with people. People know the difference between fake and real. Devils know the difference between fake and real. But when you are real with people and you show real people a real God, Real people will come to a real God and be real themselves with God. But, but this thing can't stop. This thing can't go if you step back and say, I can't do this because I, I, that's just not me. Yes, it is you. Don't believe that. Lie that it's not you. It is you. You're a soul winner. Jesus is in you. And you can do it. And you can do it. So search from within. This is Holy Ghost leadings. This is where you have to stay full all the time. This is why the Bible mentions so much about be being filled by the Spirit. Times of refreshings in the presence of the Lord. What are those things for? So that we could parade and show the world, look how spiritual I am? No. We stay filled so that being full of God, we can tell the world about God. So that God who's all in us can ooze out of us. Because when you start to reach people and people start to be drawn to you, because that's the thing, people will be drawn to you when you stay filled. They will. You know why? Is it because of, you know, it's you or it's me that, you know, look at him. He's so, you know, wow. No, it's because it's Christ in you. It's like a magnet. And people are like, I just, and, and you know, I know pastors have said it, many preachers have said it, and you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. There's something different about you. People will say that. They may not say in that way, but they'll say it with their actions. They want to eat with you. They want to sit with you. They want to walk with you. They want to talk with you. They just cannot leave you alone. Why? Because 
they are seeing something more than just you. They're seeing someone in you. And it's drawing them because they're hungry. Think of it like a, like a thirsty man or a thirsty woman. And then you've got a glass of water. You don't, you don't believe me that they're going to want to come near you? You better believe they will. They're going to want to come near you. They want a little sip. They want a little drink. They want something to parch their thirst, to quench their thirst. I mean, they want, they want something from you because you have the very answer. The anointing is tangible. The anointing is, is effective. The anointing is, is magnetic. It, it, it will attract people. But you have to be confident like a salesman that this works. You have to be confident to know, I know this works. I know when I preach this gospel, it has the power that comes from God to bring people unto salvation. I know it works. And just to encourage all of you, and I'll close with this for tonight, and it's this. Well, what if they turn me down? What if they say, oh, you know, I don't want to hear from this, and then you, they just leave you alone. Does that, you know, ever had that before? It's happened to me. Is it discouraging? It probably sometimes can, but don't camp on that. Because the Bible says, we'll, we'll, we'll go there really quick, really quick. Go with me to, uh, uh, oh, where is it, Lord? I believe it's in 2 Corinthians Yes, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Jesus also said it over there in John chapter 4. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm a soul winner. Say it out loud. Say, I'm a soul winner. Actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That's why I could not find it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. You know, the Corinthian church, they were going through some stuff. They were saying, well, I'm of Apollos. The other one was saying, well, I'm of Paul. And they were just fighting with one another. And Paul just made it clear. Who then is Paul? Verse 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. One plants, one waters. One plants, one waters. When you present the real Jesus to people and people turn you down, don't lose heart. You just sowed a seed. You are just as important as the one that will harvest that, that seed. That's what Jesus said. Both will rejoice. Over there in John chapter 4. The sower and the reaper will both rejoice at their labor. Why? Because just as much as it, just as effective it is to reap in the harvest, it is just as effective to sow into the harvest. To sow in Christ, the incorruptible seed, into the heart of a believer. It is just as important, and it is important for every Christian to know that everyone in the body of Christ is important to reach people. You know, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Chili's, and there was a man, a homeless man there, and he was drunk. I went up to him, and do and just just do what I what I preach. Go up. He actually asked him for money. I went up and said, "Well, sir, I don't have cash with me, and I just want and I just wanted just to get to know the guy. And to be quite honest, it didn't turn out well. Why? You know, from after the cuss words and everything else that came came right after that." The only thing I could do was say, well, before I leave, I just want to just tell you, Jesus loves you. He died for you. 
He loves you with all his heart. And if he would do it again for you, he would do it again, but he doesn't have to. He loves you, man. And no matter what you're going through in your life, he has a plan for your life. And you know, though, I didn't re- though he didn't receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior at that moment in the storefront of that Chili's re- of that restaurant, I know I did my job. What was it? I sowed the seed. Because I know in his times of his life, he's going to have that seed in there. It will not return onto, onto God void. It will not. It, he was gonna, he's going to think about it. Someone told me that Jesus loves me. Someone told me that God loves me. Someone told me that I, that I have a plan for, that he has a plan for my life. Someone told me. And then someone else will come and water that seed. And then someone else will come and water that seed. And then someone else will come and water that seed. And by the time you know it, that right harvester will come. Just as equally as important as the sower will come and preach the gospel and say, you know what, I've had it. Yes, come, Jesus, into my heart right now. And this is the cool thing. The sower and the reaper both get the same reward. So don't lose heart if someone turns you, turns you down. That person will receive Jesus. You know why? The law of sowing and reaping still works. God just needs someone to sow it. And I think that's what, that helps people, that helps a lot of believers here. And that is, because that's, I know that for a lot of believers, that's why we don't want to reach out people because we're afraid to be, turned out, to be turned down. Don't be afraid. Just do your job. Share Jesus. Sow the seed. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. God bless you. I love you. I will see you soon. And then rejoice because the seed has been sown. And the next time we'll talk about how you sow it because it's important how you sow it. You don't sow it forcefully. You don't sow it in in debate. Preaching the gospel is not about a debate. It's about showing the truth of of the gospel to people's lives. Amen. That's enough for tonight. But let's, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this opportunity to... uh, to learn effectively how to reach this lost and dying world. We thank you, Father, that there's many people around this world who are lost, who are confused. A lot of people right now that don't have a relationship with you. But we have the answer. And I ask you, Father, that the seed that was sown tonight, let it germinate. Let it produce a harvest of boldness, a harvest to be bold like a lion to reach this lost and dying world. That we are anointed. That we are appointed for action. And the action is this. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Teach us, Holy Ghost, how to reach the lost. Teach us, Holy Ghost, usher our footsteps throughout this week and for those who are dared, uh, daring enough to step out and say bring in the souls across my path so let it be that every person who's hungry and ready to reap the harvest bring in the harvest to those people and those of you watching if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior I'm here to present to you the greatest gift that man, that God Almighty can give to man, and that is Jesus, the salvation of the world. There's no other way but Jesus. 
There's no other truth but Jesus. And there's no other life but Jesus. And there's no other direction to the Father but Jesus. And if tonight was your last night, if tonight was our last night, tomorrow's not promised to no man, where would you spend eternity? I'm here to tell you that answer to that question is simple. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God sent his only son to this lost and dying world. Yes, you, just like me, who was once lost, but now I'm found. And he wants to find you tonight. He wants to come into your heart tonight. He wants to make home in your life tonight. Make that choice tonight. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I believe that God raised you up from the dead. And you're coming back to rescue me from this world. Make me clean. Give me the gift of righteousness. Set me apart from this world. And I say that I am born again. If you said that prayer, I want you to write me. I want you to write on the YouTube comment section that I believe. I want you to call the church. The church has materials to give to you. And let's grow up together with you and I, linking arms together, maturing ourselves in who we are in Christ. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you, my brother. And I want to get to know you, my sister. And my brother and my sister, those of you that are watching, don't lose heart. You are a soul winner. Be confident that God has anointed you to preach this gospel. And we got a job to do until Jesus comes. Amen. Did you get something out of this tonight?